to another episode of the Tango Banter. I'm Elisabetta. We have a fun topic at hand today. And before we launch into that, I wanted to let you know that next week, on Tuesday, December 13th, I'm doing a free seminar called Five Things All Dancers Need to Know About Tango Music to Get Better Dances. <laughs> so if you resonate with this topic, if you'd like to know a little bit more about what is it that you really need to know as a social dancer to do well? So it's not necessarily academic things that you need to know for the purpose of knowing more about the music so you can talk about it, but really what are the essential nuggets that are most useful for you to understand so that you have a better time at the Malonga. So the seminar will run from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. It's free to sign up for. Uh, so you can go ahead and check it out. The link is in the show notes below. And I'd love to connect with you. Hopefully you can join live. And if you can't, there will be a recording available. So you can go ahead and still sign up and you'll have access to the recording after the seminar. Okay, so today we're talking about breakups. Breakups both in a romantic sense and lesser, uh, lesser breakups that would be between friends, for example, or just on the social dance floor, it might be breakups of someone you dance with and then you don't dance with them anymore. <laughs> I don't know what to actually call that kind of breakup. Uh, but there's uh, a whole range of them and there's also a whole range of dealing with them and because they're such a integral part of tango experience and life experience I talk a lot of a lot about it uh, both in the more casual setting at a milonga or with friends or online so last month we uh, discussed this in our private group. What are some of the experiences people are having with breakups and how they deal with them? Because as we all know, there's no one answer to this. And there were some really interesting insights that came of those discussions, which reminds me, if you still have not joined my private Facebook group and you would like to participate in these discussions, uh, I'm also including the link to that in the show notes below. would love to have you in our group and, and hear your stories as well. Anyway, so I first want to talk a little bit about what I mean by breakups and, and how they manifest in our lives both on the dance floor and off the dance floor because a lot of times, as we all know, tango or what happens on the social dance floor is just a reflection of our lives. Then I wanna talk a bit about strategies of what people typically do in these situations. How do they get over it, get through it? How do they decide what the right thing to do is? because um, sometimes it's not very clear cut, right? And 
And then I want to just suggest or propose some ways we can use uh, the wisdom that we have from these stories and, and these insights to decide how to prepare ourselves for things like that because, you know, it's going to happen and it's going to continue to happen, uh, not necessarily to the extreme of a romantic breakup, but if you spend time in the world of tango and you dance a lot and you are part of the community for years, you'll go through cycles of connecting with people and then disconnecting with people. And it just kind of continues to happen. So we might as well perhaps have a sense of what, what to do for ourselves. And that's going to be the goal of this episode is provide some practical tools we can use to uh, get back to feeling empowered because ultimately, as I'm going to remind you again and again, the goal of any decision that we make uh, is best served us to us if we make this decision out of a place of wanting to regain, reclaim our power and come back to a state where we feel good about who we are and what's going on in our lives. So that's our intention always. So I'll I'll keep coming back to that. Okay, so in terms of breakups, uh, I think there is definitely a huge range of what I would consider breakups. And the reason why I'm calling it all breakups is because the emotions that we feel a lot of times are very similar. Whether you're breaking up with a lover or you're breaking up with a best friend Sure, they're not as intense. It's definitely the intensity is not there. The degree is much lower with somebody like who's a friend versus a romantic partner. However, the the actual emotion, you know, it's very similar. There's still that sense of disappointment. There's that sense of betrayal, anger, and a lot of times there's a sense of melancholy or almost a um, perpetual sadness about not understanding what went wrong and sort of looking back and not not getting a clear sense of why did it happen sometimes we have that closure and we can move on we can we can transform the relationship but sometimes the worst the worst kind of breakup right I mean tell me if there's a worse one but to me the worst kind of breakup is when it's sudden you don't really know why and there's no resolution man those are the hardest ones and I, I don't think anybody's spared that experience if if you are you know you probably have a very small group of people you interact with but um, people inside tango and people outside of tango have shared stories with me and I've heard enough of these stories that I'm starting to think that it really is something that happens to everyone where somebody might be really close you know you have a really close friend and you're inseparable for like years 
or months or you know however long but you feel really close to this person you feel like they're a soulmate on some level and then all of a sudden it's it's gone and frequently there's no conversation afterwards there's like a complete meltdown of some kind and and I know I have close friends who've described these experiences to me and it they're so traumatic it's so hard to move on from that and not uh, feel some sort of inadequacy or regret or, or fear of it happening again. So those are the hardest ones to deal with. And of course, if the partner or the, the person that you're breaking away from is more than just a close friend, if they're a romantic partner, a lover, a husband, a wife, a long-term partner, those breakups really are sort of the worst, I think. If, if there's cheating involved, at least there's a reason. At least, you, you know, there's a way that we can sort of say, okay, well, it happened and, and there's a culprit and you can point your finger to it and be like, that's, that's bad. But when it happens with no reason, that uh, haunts you. It haunts you. And so on a very, uh, a much lesser scale, you'll experience that on the tango dance floor. It will take form sometimes as a disconnection just in terms of dance itself. Somebody likes to dance with you and then somebody does not like to dance with you. And you have no reason to look to, you, you have no explanation. And in those times, I think those are the perhaps the best lessons about yourself that you can experience because what comes up in your mind in the absence of a legitimate explanation is a reflection of you and your relationship with yourself. So anytime that you're in that state and you start thinking, oh, it must be my fault. I did something wrong. I'm not good enough. I, I'm not a good enough dancer. My technique sucks. I have more, more things to work on. It, that language, you know, that's a reflection of yourself. But if you choose to think, oh, well, that person's in the funk and it's their loss. And uh, yeah, it hurts, but hey, you know, to each his own. Like that's a, that's a reflection of a different type of inner state, inner dialogue. And just in terms of how one sounds next to the other, you can tell where the power lies, right? Where is the power? That's the question we wanna ask. So within social tango world, within the milonga and the community, you'll have those instances where It'll be just in terms of the dance. Somebody dances with you and then they don't dance with you. Then the next level up would be a friend, somebody you connect with, you become friends with, and you're close and you do things together, you travel, you hang out, go out to eat, you know their family, they know your family, and then something happens and there is a breakup and you have that thing to deal with of whether you wanna be around them 
in the same space or are you going to dance with them or not like that that's like another very very uncomfortable situation and so then from there the extreme would be a romantic relationship that forms through tango and of those of course the worst would be that you fall in love with someone deeply maybe you're with them for a few years maybe you get married and you have a, a thriving relationship that then somehow falls apart and there is separation divorce and then there is that negotiation of what are you going to do are you going to be around this person are you going to dance with them and that kind of narrative happens quite a bit in tango it happens within the circles of social dancers it also happens in the professional circles because have you noticed that most performing couples are also romantic partners i feel like that's an interesting phenomenon that we take for granted and anybody who's had a relationship at tango knows that just to have a relationship in tango and remain healthy and balanced and have a, a good one like it it requires a lot of work and i've done an episode on this because i myself and i'm in a relationship with the with somebody i met in tango uh, so i know the work that's required so to do that on a professional level as well we are professional partners as well as romantic partners is a whole other layer of complexity that i dipped my toe into for a hot second and said no thank you and i'm uh definitely of the mindset that i want to keep those those two things separate but uh, within the professional world even we've seen very dramatic breakups happen between professional dancers who had a whole career and their whole brand was built on their partnership and then there's this very public and dramatic breakup that then results in this weird thing that happens afterwards where most of the time the male the, the guy will get another partner and will continue his career and the female dancer has quite a bit of challenge to overcome because without a partner she has to find another partner to, of her level so it's it's much harder and it, it creates like ripple effects on many many levels that are really interesting to ponder sometimes they are also very frustrating because there's definitely an inequality of experience that uh, happens for men versus women and uh, i think that there can be a whole separate episode just on that gender dynamic because uh, it is more challenging for women than men a lot of times to rebound to to find their stride again uh, and there's different reasons for that that i'm not really going to dive into now because i know i can get lost in that so 
So let's just say we're dealing with this range of, of possibilities. And of course, there are many types of strategies to deal with that, those situations. On the one hand, there can be a very dramatic strategy where you cut everything off and move away from the community, which I've done. I moved from Dallas, Texas, where I had been in a relationship with my first relationship with Tango. Uh, we were together for four years, and when we broke up, I really could not imagine being in the same city with him, especially since our circles of friends overlapped quite a bit, and we just shared too much, too much in terms of our social interaction. And then I was a pretty young tango dancer, so the thought of seeing him dancing with other women and then flirting with them, and oh, it was just, it was too much. I, I couldn't do it, couldn't do it. I had other reasons for leaving Dallas. There were, there were other ambitions I had, but this was a huge contributing factor to me leaving at the time that I did. So that was pretty dramatic, and I've done other dramatic things like this, and maybe not so much like this, but that represents to me one end of the spectrum of a strategy that we can, we can have, you know, just sort of pull away, push away, go away, leave, move to a different place, start all over, start from scratch and just kind of start from a clean slate. On the other hand is another strategy where you suck it up and you pretend like nothing happened. Like you're not even aware of there being a problem. You dance with the person, you still say hello, you remain friends with them, somehow you get through the emotional side of it and you sort of have a continuous relationship with them that just changes form. So you go from being romantic partners to being friends. Or, you know, maybe if you're not dealing with something as dramatic as a relationship in the romantic sense, maybe it's a friendship, it still is sort of the same structure. You either never talk to this person again, never dance with them, or you just allow the allow the relationship to shift and become something different. But you still dance with them, you still interact with them maybe on occasion. Anyway, you get the point. There's there's a range there. And I think that it's natural for us to look for what is the appropriate thing to do what is the thing that I'm supposed to do right now? What is the right thing to do? 
those are the questions we ask a lot. And a lot of our turmoil, I think, has to do with being caught off guard and not knowing what is it that we're supposed to do in the moment, how to make ourselves feel better, how to feel that we're not losers. <laughs> Uh, and especially, you know, that crippling feeling when you're, that person broke up with you and then you see them sort of flirting with someone else right in front of you. Like that, that never feels good, you know? And the turmoil is, is real. On that one hand, we want to act out. We want to make it really dramatic. Another strategy, right? Maybe you don't cut someone off. Maybe you do the opposite. You confront them, you throw fits, you scream at them, you cry, <laughs> you hound them, you talk about them behind their back, you talk to them, you talk to other people about them. All of that is a strategy. And it's tempting for us whenever we're in our right frame of mind when we're not under the influence of these emotions it's tempting for us to say well this is bad and this is good you should do this but you shouldn't do this this is appropriate and this is not appropriate and then we judge other people and ourselves according to that so and I've done I've been on both sides of this on the one hand I've been the person throwing fits storming off crying you know I've, I've done that part and on the other hand I've observed other people doing that and had the same judgment for them and and you know I think the reality is there is no right way there isn't because it is such a a crapshoot when it comes to the situation and the intricacies of what's involved. Sometimes it's very appropriate for where you're at and what that where that person's at and your dynamic. It's very appropriate to just disconnect and say, no, I don't want to have any interaction with this person. It's not in my best interest. And other times it's better to do the opposite. It's better to reconcile and continue the friendship, continue the relationship in some form. And I think the most important question to ask in, in whatever form you can ask it, because of course when the emotions are running high, you might not even be able to address this question at that moment. But the question is, what can bring me back to feeling empowered? So thinking about like when you're feeling at your best, when you're feeling like the hot stuff that you want to be, you know, you feel like you look good, you, you feel confident. Just think of a, think of a night or a, an event where you really felt that you felt that you were truly yourself and you were at your best and people really accepted you and you felt like 
you were powerful. So that feeling, the question is, what can bring us back to that feeling as quickly as possible, as directly, as efficiently as possible? I started asking that question long time ago and I and I still ask that question and I've gotten better at monitoring uh, my emotions that's that's really helped so it is a skill that has to be built you know at first when you ask that it's like well it feels good is to call that person and cuss them out um, but really of all the strategies I think very rarely a an emotional outburst on Facebook or at the Malanga that goes with a lot of tears and name-calling and accusation. Most of the time those strategies don't contribute to you feeling empowered. They just feel, they just, they just make one feel weaker and, and more out of control because we're desperate. And, and that feeling of desperateness, like once you get there, that feeling of desperate, that sort of pushes you to send that text or to call them one more time or to reach out and, and argue this one point and you just wanna call them and you wanna tell them like actually what you meant was this. You know, that, that desperateness, it never really leads you to the feeling of power. It just leads you to feeling more desperate because the more you feel it, the more you feel it. Like that's kind of, I mean, that's a true, truth about emotions anyway it's like once you start feeling sad and you sort of feel sad and continue feeling sad like the sadness will persist it won't it won't shift until you decide or until something happens to interrupt it and you know one thing that's really good to have no matter what strategy you're taking by the way and no matter what sort of breakup you're going through is to have good friends around you who can help, who can help intervene. So they can be the ones to say, you know, don't, don't call them, don't send that text, read it to me instead. <laughs> I have to do that sometimes, like when I'm really having a hard time. Um, and I've talked about this before that, you know, whenever I get really upset at someone the first thing I do is I write in my notes, I write them a letter, like a, the most emotionally charged letter I can fathom, you know, everything I think about that person. And then by the end of it, I just kind of, I'm too exhausted to actually send it. So, and another thing I do sometimes whenever I'm trying to walk myself off the ledge of taking an action is to imagine the result of something like imagine the best result that you could possibly have 
and actually ask yourself if that would be satisfying to you. And a lot of times it's not because the damage is done, the pain is there. So even if that person admits to all of their faults and they say that you were right and they apologize and all of this stuff, like it's not really going to resolve the actual pain that's happening. So in that situation, when you ask yourself, where is this going to take me towards or away from my personal empowerment, that can give you some clarity on whether it's appropriate or not to act out in a certain way. Sometimes it totally is, right? Sometimes, that's what I'm saying. It's not clear cut because the, I can imagine some of you are listening to me and going, well, yeah, that's true, but this one time that this thing happened to me, you know, is different. And it's like, yeah, that's why you have to, you have to keep asking that question um, in every situation. And every time it happens, you learn a little bit more. So I'll tell you the, a, a very frequent, not frequent, but somewhat common thing for me to experience is this experience of connecting with someone deeply on a friendship level and then our friendship sort of fizzles out and that's happened several times and the first time it happened I was heartbroken I mean I felt so let down I felt like I can't keep any friends it's because I'm an immigrant and I didn't grow up in one place and I don't have skills to keep friendships. <laughs> this is what I thought about myself, you know? And that's like the reflection, right? It's like the moment that happened, what I thought about myself was a good indicator of just my own self-worth. So I really believed I was broken somehow and that I was not capable of uh, keeping friendships. But then, once it happened a few times, I sort of was like, oh, oh, okay. I, maybe it's not just me. I mean, I'm sure I'm contributing. I'm not. I, sometimes I'm not an easy person to be friends with. Like, I'll admit, uh, I can be a, a, certain, a certain B word from time to time, and I, um, I, I'm pretty demanding. <laughs> uh, when it comes to friendships in certain ways. So I'm sure I contribute, but I also began to understand it in a form of using the relationship as a way to understand life itself because guess what? We change. And I think that's the thing we forget when we make friends with someone or we get into a romantic relationship there's this illusion that this person is like this and they're going to be like this and it's and it's going to be like this forever right and and we think that and then somebody will say well things change well and we'll be like yeah of course they change for the better it's just going to get better from here because it's already so good this way the reality is people change 
we change. So some of the friendships that have sort of evaporated in my life, one question I ask is at the time that at the time that we sort of break up, at that time, I ask myself, if I being who I am right now and knowing what I know right now met this person, would I be friends with them right now? Would I be as intimate? Would I be as attracted to them? And a lot of times the answer is no, which is an indicator to me that, well, things have changed. I have changed. That person has changed. And maybe I have a judgment about how they've changed. And I might say, oh, well, they changed and it's their fault that we're not friends. But I understand also that they can say the same thing about me. And that's the reality of it. That's, that's the truth. It's true that we change. If you're in tango or you are in a community like that, some sort of social dance or activity that exposes you to people in this way, you start kind of learning that no, actually, this is just part of a natural cycle and people come in and out of your life for a reason. They come in and they serve their purpose perhaps. They share their gifts, you share your gifts with them, and then the journey is done and it kind of moves on and things evolve. And it takes time to arrive at that mindset. So for me, now after 13 years of dancing tango, <laughs> I, can, I can see certain things in a different way and I can manage my own emotions in a different way and things affect me differently and I have very different strategies now than I did before whereas for other people the strategies might vary depending on their experiences and their even experience with these emotions and maturity when it comes to these emotions so I would say my advice in whatever situation you're going through, will go through or went through, is number one, ask the question, where does the power, the powerful you lie? Which, which decisions help you get there? Which makes you feel more powerful? You know, and my avatar for a powerful woman is Beatrix Kiddo from Kill Bill. If you've seen Kill Bill, uh, the Uma Thurman character who goes on a murderous rampage to avenge the death of her daughter, um, to me that has become the avatar that I think of. It might be something more gentle for you, <laughs> but, but that character really, really grabbed my imagination years ago, so I just... I just think of Beatrix Kiddo and what would she do in this situation and what would make her more powerful and what would, what would that translate to? What kinds of decisions would I make from that place if I were to feel that powerful? So that's one, one thing I recommend. The second thing is that 
you really don't do this in isolation and find people, people to talk to and share this experience with, uh, somebody that you trust, somebody who can be your, represent your rational, balanced self. There were people along the way who really helped me and who protected me and who helped me process those emotions, people I could really rely on. So I highly recommend that you develop some friendships like that. I think all of us on a regular basis just need a community of people who can understand these issues and who can be there to hear us out and just say, hey, yeah, I've done, I've been through this too, don't worry, it's not the end of the world, right? Like we just need somebody to tell us that. And that's actually, you know, why I why I started the uh, the Facebook group and why I'm keeping it is for that purpose. So another little plug for my Facebook group. Finally, um, I wanted to actually share a few key words that stood out to me from some of the conversations we had on this topic within the group. And it was so great to see the range of insights and experiences and how people deal with them. And being a woman, of course, I'm always thinking about how to be more empowered as a woman, how to reach the next level of empowerment and overcome limiting beliefs that we women inherit from past generations or we grow up into in our culture. And this is the time to really deal with those. And tango is a great, a great avenue for, for, for diving into these questions. So I wrote down some words that spoke to me of the kind of strength that we want to learn to embody and honestly, that kind of strength does not develop unless we go through these kinds of experiences. So if there's anything that might help you, it, it, it might be useful to think of these experiences as a way of developing that inner strength and becoming a, a stronger woman or becoming a stronger man and, and owning your power more. So there was a post, I believe it was by Mariana, and she said, she said, firmness, self-control, healthy, constructive self-protection. And I kind of love all of those words, firmness, self-control, healthy, constructive self-protection. It sounds very serious, I know, but I think I like the idea of us as people, as dancers, having that kind of power that we can access our firmness when we need it, 
that we can have self-control. And self-control doesn't mean that we don't express our emotions or that we're somehow zombies and we don't show any feeling. Self-control just means that we're in control of what we do, that if we choose to act out dramatically or not, that it comes from a place of choice rather than from a reflex and a sort of that kind of whiplash reaction to emotions. And then this idea of self-protection. I do think that self-protection is more applicable as a concept for women than men. Because, one of the reasons, is because we are on the receiving end. The structure of tango itself dictates that. We are on the receiving end. We are the ones who are being invited and we choose how to proceed with that invitation. And so this idea that from the very start that we see ourselves as responsible for protecting ourselves, for having healthy boundaries, for being constructive about this, not that we're trying to, oh, I'm gonna protect myself so nobody hurts me, but more like that we understand the boundaries that we need to be healthy in ourselves psychologically and, and socially, you know? And all of that, all of these words to me boil down to this thing that I called having a backbone. You know, that phrase, you know, he has no backbone, she has no backbone. An idea of that backbone has been sort of a peripheral idea for me for a long time and I've always sort of have that word and that concept floating in my mind of having a backbone that whatever whatever separation, breakup, pain of that process, whatever we're dealing with, that we have a backbone and that backbone is our strategies that we learn over time. It's the process of asking ourselves what is serving me to get back to my power. That's our backbone. And we all need it. Men need it as much as women. For men, it's a little different. It is. And I'm gonna, I think I will do an episode just on that, you know, what is it like for men versus women. And because uh, I know that men have a, a different set of challenges. But I guess today's episode is a bit more uh, connected with women uh, because I'm sort of speaking from my own personal experience and, and some of the things that women are more commonly expressing to me that they, that they have, you know, in terms of breakups and heart, heartbreaks and, and separation and how to deal with that. Uh, so choose wisely what you want to do. There is no wrong strategy. You can 
choose to ignore the person and never speak to them again and go to the malanga and pretend that they don't exist. You can do that. You can acknowledge their presence and say hello, but not dance with them. Or you can dance with them. Or you can move to a different country and change your name. <laughs> really, all of those are available. And talk to your friends to see which strategy is best for you in this moment in your life. And seek advice from people that you trust who are themselves exhibiting qualities that you want to develop in yourself, perhaps. And I think that over time, we all can have a better strategy as a community for dealing with situations like that. And in that way, every individual win, every individual who can access that level of empowerment to process something like that, every time that happens, that benefits the community and the community grows stronger uh, as a whole. And I think we forget how much we depend on a community staying healthy because just think, just think, and I know you have examples of this because it happens in every single community. Think of a, a recent scandal, a breakup, a dramatic conflict between people that ends up dividing the community and creating more drama and it overflows onto Facebook and social media and it just does not serve anyone. So when you individually make it a goal to become empowered, to handle your emotions, to have self-control, to keep people accountable, to keep yourself accountable, then that helps the whole community and you serve as an example to others you, you encourage and inspire others to do the same. And I think we, we can all benefit from that. So, whew, all right. I think I've said my piece on this topic. I'm sure I can go on and talk more, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. So reach out to me with some stories and insights that you're having. I love hearing from you. You can reach me on social media at I'm So Tango, or email me at connect at imsotango.com. Don't forget to check out my free seminar that's coming up next week, and I will answer.